Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast presented by Onyx Hunt. It has been a while since we've done this, Brad, Jordan. Been a minute. Been a minute. It has, and, and you know, we've <laughs> had some, it's, since turkey season ended, you know, we hadn't, we've been going a lot of different ways, and we've all, you've gotten married since then. Yeah. Um, I know Jordan's moved, you know, Kathy and I moved last year, but I feel like we're still moving. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot, man. I mean, yeah, well. That was my kind of goal, I guess, is I've got a list of topics that we all kind of talked about that we're going to discuss today to get to kind of a, this whole episode has a point, but the first and the main point, I guess, to kind of address the elephant in the room, because one, I said, there's no beating around the bush. This is the first episode we've put out since April. It was still turkey season. Turkey season, yeah. And... um, on the, I'm looking at this in the silver lining kind of way. Um, I, we started this podcast in September of 2017, I believe, yep. and uh, felt it grow, had fun with it, um, knew it was growing every year. I get like the kind of the pinnacle, I guess, is we did a like a live event at Rick's in Starkville last February, like a turkey season kickoff thing. We were astounded by how many people showed up, and but then. Uh, we stopped putting out episodes and just the amount of people that messaged us asking where it went, if it was going to come back was just super encouraging. And so, um, to kind of address that head on some of the folks that we responded to everyone that we could, we kind of, the message, the answer we could give at the time was we had to take an unplanned break and we're working on some new things and we hope to be back as soon as possible. And thankfully that day, has came and uh and here we are the end of august end of august yeah it was kind of a good time to kick it back <laughs> off right i mean we were looking at the upcoming hunting season in the face i mean like literally two weeks we're heading to new mexico for yeah. you know for our first elk hunt you've been shooting your bow i have actually just been it's been raining so much here in the whole southern united states that i've been shooting in my shop not yeah. really at distance but just on form and focus on you know i shoot a different release every day yeah. So I don't get that habit of punching that trigger, and that's what Levi Morgan taught me that years ago. He said, "Man, just change up your releases constantly. Yeah. That way, you're focused on whatever release you're shooting about execution and not just about repetition." Well, Levi would know. You yeah, know he's 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 got a few he's got a few <laughs> a little bit of credibility under his belt. He's coming out the gate laying major tips down. Mm-hmm. That's what we bring to the table in this podcast. <laughs> uh so to address i guess we'll start at the head of these things like kind of what happened and why we took such of a break um just complete and total honesty here obviously brad and jordan both know this but we haven't really shared it publicly so to speak is i um had an opportunity to go to work for onyx hunt which was no bones about it it was a very it was a difficult decision for me because i was very very well wilbur said it best when i went and talked to him about it i was very emotionally attached to primos Um, we can can all relate to that yeah yeah and at the time i honestly did not know i'd come to a decision where i was like this is a i have to take this step like i have to go work for onyx we've been i've been using onyx since 16 17 someone there i mean we've talked about onyx a ton on this on this podcast we use it a bunch um and it was just such a natural progression for me as like i have to do this but at the time i didn't know what that meant i didn't know if that meant i had to completely 
leave primos or what and that's kind of one of the bigger factors of why the podcast stopped for a little while because i didn't know where all that was going to go um thankfully uh i'll still be able to work with primos like i said you and i brad will be in new mexico in the mountains in a few weeks and on x is now a big proponent of this jordan jordan would be going with us but he's going to do some honeydews on the beach smart move (laughs) instead of going smart move I hate we couldn't work it out this year, but, you know, there's always next year. But, you know, kind of similar situation. Me and you are not exactly the same. Uh, me and you, Lake, are not exactly the same story. But with me, I started a little side business in 2020, and it just grew to a point where I had to make a decision, you know, do I pursue this or stay here and right. try to manage both. And it got to the point last fall where i was like okay this this is a good thing it's a good problem to have to have these decisions to make and uh i decided to pursue my other business and hopefully do it full time and see what happens there and you know i had to make a decision too with primos because i was just like you so emotionally attached i mean i worked my whole life to work at primos right yeah and that was my goal for so long to be at that position and do what we did because i enjoyed it so much and it got to the point where this family and time and all that was more important to me than just being well, honest. You got a Bryn's how old? Four years old? Three. Three. So, so that yeah. right now is my priority. She it has Bryn has top speed. I don't know if you've been around her like <laughs> she is wild. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean that that happened in February with me. I you know went part time contract work with Primos, helping here and there and much as I can. But at the same time being full-time with my business right you know i think we need to explain this so people are wondering well, dang what's going on with primos well primos i hadn't been a full-time employee for primos since 2012 right and so as primos has grown and and now they're different locations in different part of the country it's a different business still thriving and doing i think last year's numbers were better best numbers they ever had and yeah since you know will started it in the 70s but i can remember primos from when you know I think I started there in 1997, and as it grew from a little family thing, and now it got bigger, and, you know, you got primos scattered all over the United States, whether it's making mouth calls, whether we're doing the TV production in mm-hmm. Mississippi, or I don't even know where all the other offices are, all and over. shipping, and so <laughs> it, it's a positive thing, but we can still do this, and it's a way for primos to continue to grow, and we can grow personally, and, and still be attached and do it, and, you know, Slade's doing all the editing um troy's still a, still a part he's not there full-time anymore either he's uh, working with a company called still outdoors which is right here in our hometown basically yeah. so we're we're all still together and doing this but we're just not doing it yeah. in an office under the same roof anymore which is kind of like it, it's it's i'm glad you brought that up because i hadn't thought about that part of it exactly is it's it, part of the reason like I, the podcast is a perfect example like the podcast just stopped we didn't plan on it to stop but part of it was like you know i took this position at onyx where i had to start doing primo stuff part-time jordan had to go part-time at primos troy had the opportunity it's still outdoors this wasn't like a planned thing it was like timing at all all these opportunities came about and so i i mean i'm incredibly thankful to still be able like i said i didn't know if i was gonna be able to do anything with primos anymore it's just, really a positive for everybody involved because we still mm-hmm. get to carry on to be, be part of the Primos family and, 
get to have the hunts, the fun, the camps, and yeah. and all that. But and and as things continue to grow and change, I remember somebody told me, an older gentleman one time, he said, "Well, there's only one thing you can get that's guaranteed in this world, son, is change." Yeah, that's a fact. And, and but it's it it can be positive, you know. I mean, Primos is uh, I love seeing them do good and the products and they're mm-hmm. everywhere and um, it's just different how it's run than it was when Will was Jimmy were running it, you know. Of course. And, and Will and Jimmy are still apart, you know. Wilbur and Jimmy are both getting older in their seventies and they're doing good and they're still going hunting with us, but not like they were. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't they don't go. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. But Jimmy's uh, Jimmy is living his absolute best life now i believe with his gun store i went into if y'all don't know this y'all that are listening jimmy now owns a gun store in gluckstadt mississippi called the range by jimmy primos and i just always imagine him because his his office is on the second floor where it can kind of overlook everything and i just always imagine jimmy sitting in his office smoking a cigar taking an ar apart looking down on all his big store but (laughs) i went in there yesterday because i was trying to get ahead of dove season trying to get some dove loads and I walked in there, and I saw Jimmy before he saw me. And, I, the, the, I mean, just guns everywhere, working on a gun, cracking a joke at somebody. I was like, Jimmy is where he's supposed to be. <laughs> oh, and, and, look, Jimmy loves hunting as much or probably more than he ever has. And then and then on the other note, Will, people say, what's Will doing? Well, he's kind of, I would say, semi-retired is fair to say, and he's gotten into really doing a lot of uh, sporting clay and skeet shooting yeah he traveling around loves it and doing good at it and um it's just something that's really grabbed him and he's spent a lot of time doing that and he he was supposed to go elk hunting with us but he has a, a bone spur i believe yeah. in his left foot and if he, he's got to get it operated on september 14th mm-hmm. his doctor said if you go climb the mountain there's a chance that, that you could break that bone between your toes and he mm. said, I ain't going there. He said, I, yeah. I, I'll miss a year and go back next, you know, in 23. Yeah. yeah. All he talks about these days is clay shooting and upland birds. And he he still likes he still likes to blow elk on a turkey call, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the turkey stuff hadn't slowed down. You give him a couple of deer hunts a year during the rut, he's fine. But he, he he's all about chasing them deer and turkey still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's very – I guess rewarding and gratifying to see it because like i said hey I, and after this i guess we'll move on to the different topics of discussion but like a little bit before the end of april i didn't know if we'd ever be doing this again but i'm sure happy that we are well technology obviously is different too i mean used to we had to have an edit room and did everything in one place but now you can do stuff all over mm-hmm. i mean you can film something you can download it you can have it edited in you know 10 states away the next morning oh yeah it wasn't like that back in the day when we used to <laughs> yeah. when we started primo's truth about hunting yeah. um so it's, it's it's a different time and um it's actually fun time i mean it's it's really positive and and better for all if you think about the big picture and how we're going and where we're going and what we're getting to do um i am kind of sad that maybe i'm bringing this up out of order no i know where you're going it's in that, order that you know kudzu has become our home the last three years and it actually like many hunters out there we're just like them you know it was a lease and the um and ended up selling which mm-hmm. it's just it's just part of change you know but we did we got lucky and found a new place in hines county um i think it's going to be comparable deer wise to kudzu but I'm sad in one sense, but I'm I love a new place, and I know y'all do too. Yeah. It's always fun learning and scouting and figuring new stuff out. Mm-hmm. That's part of the hunt. That's probably more important to me than shooting one now. 
Yeah. It's it is wild, you know, cuz I mean, we were at, we did Cottonmouth for 6 years. 6 or 7. And then Kudzu for 3 and now we're like I said we can't. They're not too much details. More along rise you just don't want to spoil the surprise cuz there's so much that fun part about figuring a new place out yeah. and all that good stuff but man that was a great camp we had on the edge of the delta and we we passed a lot of deer up i mean i'm happy for the guys that go hunt it this year because we have really babied those deer and and um got a lot of up-and-comers yeah absolutely that's a lot of change been going on but like you said it's all positive i mean that's just part of it you always got to be moving forward Mm -hmm. and look at it on a positive way but we're all doing kind of the same stuff you know my my focus is has been with whitetail properties and selling recreational real estate since 2013 i think is when i started there and um so i can work anywhere right i mean i can work in new mexico as long as i got sales service i can work in mississippi uh, at our new hunting camp but we ain't got a name for it yet yeah we're gonna go we gotta on work on that yeah, <laughs> yeah my business is similar too it's all virtual so. yeah everything can be everybody can do and, and you're i mean your your uh, office is in montana but yeah. you, you you sit work in mississippi all the time we're talking uh, about today's technology yeah where all three have full-time other jobs but they're all from wherever we're yeah. at at that moment <laughs> the best thing i mean like yeah onyx is based out of montana and i've gotten to go up there twice this summer which i mean I'm what jealous a, about what a terrible deal right having to go up to montana <laughs> it's beautiful up there I, I was laughing i was actually up there last week and uh we were up there and it was the middle of the day and someone made a remark like man i, I hate it was this all this kind of terrible hot weather when you came up here i wish it would have been a little bit nicer and i was like this is like this is barbecue and weather back home i mean it felt i mean it's like 80 maybe and even when it was 95 it still felt nice because we didn't have all the humidity like we have down here why don't since we're talking about technology and working different places why don't you get me something to do up there from about june through about august 20th next summer yeah (laughs) and i'll just go up there and and help onyx do stuff for the summer the first meeting that i did uh for onyx or for where i went up went up there and met some folks you know physically because all our stuff had been you know through technology like we were talking about i went up there in the month of june and uh i was having to wear a jacket it'd be like 40 45 50 degrees in the morning shoot you wear a jacket in mississippi in june you're gonna melt yeah it's it was it was <laughs> awesome <laughs> it was so awesome but yeah i i, I can't like there's a lot of things cha- there's something there's a lot of things that change but then it feels like some things never change but the change that's happened so far was a little bit hard and not knowing where it was going to go at first but man it's been it's been great it's all positive but i I'm, yeah i just can't believe we're sitting kind of letting people know what's been going on this summer but and here we are again we're going to be gathering up september 13th loading the trucks up we're going to miss jordan this year and um troy may can come he may not you know he's got his new gig up going but, but yeah. i know you and i'll be there and i slade who's been at primos for many many A years long time. now yeah um He's kind of the one that does most of the editing or all the editing of the TV show and stuff you see on online. So mm-hmm. it, it'll be a fun time. We've all shared many camp together, and ain't nothing better than that wind and pine trees and that elk bugle. Oh, I already started thinking about elk bugling. That's all I've been thinking about. I've been shooting my bow, trying to get things where they need to be. The first time you said you were talking about trigger pull and stuff, the first shot I made, like, you know, getting ready. And, uh, like I pulled the trigger so bad, I was like, "Whoop, we gotta get." <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> you got knocked the rust off a little bit. Well, uh, yeah, Jordan will be kicking it in the sand when we're. Yeah, y'all over here making me. 
Uh, we'll be sending you, yeah, and that's we're talking about technology, we'll be sending you plenty of videos and pictures when if we I, miss you. The other day when I found out I couldn't go this year, I was like, please FaceTime me when y'all shoot one. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know if we got service or not. Oh, if y'all up on top of the mountain, you got service up there. We'll see. Because yeah. we've done it before. I forget, uh, I guess it was when you and Lake went to Arizona or something, we FaceTimed y'all. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Mm -hmm. we shot one. I don't remember who did it, but I remember doing that. Depending on where you are, you get some good service. But, you know, that place out there, people, I, I get questions a lot when talking about elk hunting. People are like, you know, I've hunted places where you get up at 4 in the morning and then, you know, you're mm -hmm. you're beating feet to get to where you want to hunt. But we used to do that on this particular ranch in New Mexico. And then we figured out, and people that watched it close have heard this before, but we were really messing the elk up more than we were helping ourselves yeah. by doing that so now we usually get up at like you know five thirty, six o'clock about daylight and usually don't go out till about 8 or eight thirty. and what we're doing those elk come out in those flats and there's no way we can get to the timber without crossing those flats mm -hmm. so we let them get up there and get settled and then we can get in there and then we hunt i mean we've we've probably shot more elk between 10 and 2 in the last 15 years than than we have you know yeah. at, at daylight or at just about Late all evening. of them. Just about all I, of them. I think and, every one that I've gotten the opportunity to shoot has been in that time span. Yeah. yeah. And talking like to a novice elk hunter that hadn't done it or hadn't been around those critters a whole lot, like they're plains game. You know, that's what they do. They graze. And uh, that's what you're talking about. Like they're coming down in the plains at night, coming out of the hills. And if you get out there too early, you're running them out of the plains and they on edge all day. And you sure don't want to bump them in their bed, but if you can, something else we learned on these, these elk and others is that if you kind of let those cows get settled, I mean, mm -hmm. those bulls, when they're rutting, they're not settled. They're they're moving, walking, checking cows, even though they're sitting down, but, I mean, laying down. But what we find out is those bulls will, they'll, as long as you don't spook them, those bulls will break away from those big cow herds and come check you out a couple hundred yards away. That's the you first know? one I ever shot that wilbur called in that's exact that is exactly what was yep. happening yep. the only the only little bit of factor that was a little bit different is a a much younger bull came in first and actually stood there long enough he got like 10 yards away you know they stand there long enough they're like something's not right you know and he ended up figuring out something went right and he ran back up the hill and the bigger bull heard all that bugling and saw that smaller bull run back he thought a bull would run him off is what we think and he come charging down yeah, in there bugling it. but yeah he left all his cows bedded up to come check us out man that's it, it's all it's, it, it never gets old and i think it was like noon mm -hmm. when that happened like mm -hmm. right in that window where you're talking about they're very i remember one time we were out there hunting and we were sitting there listening to these elk bugling I don't remember who was with us now. But it's like, man, we got to go. We got to get up there. And it's like 10 o'clock in the morning, 10, 15. I was like, no, let's just sit here and let them just settle down. Let's just listen to them. And about an hour later, we eased up there and the cows had bedded. And, you know, we made a few calls. And here comes a couple satellite bulls. And the next thing you know, I don't even remember who, who shot it now. But we ended up shooting a bull that, that same morning. Yeah. Just letting them get settled. And, I mean, we're on their clock. They ain't on our clock. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Plus, I still remember there was one we shot, um, and it took – we ended up, by the time we got them out of there, it was the evening time just because there were a lot of other elk, and we hadn't disturbed them. We didn't want to disturb them, so we took our time, and it was like – I remember Wilbur was there. I remember Jordan was there. But, like, as we were packing 
the elk out all we could hear was these elk bugling on the mountain behind us and that was awesome yeah it's like the stuff you go to sleep dreaming about hearing bugles in your sleep well we were in montana one time i'll tell this quick story and it was slade and i and um the guy that was was with us uh mark he i shot a bull that morning he fell you know we gutted him we had to go get we had to pack him out so we went back and got packed frames and you know we had the whole day to get him out and so it was one of those years we had been raining that fall so we got back up there we toted some um some pepper and a, a little pot and a little bit of oil and we built a fire and i remember we cooked those inside loins right there on that mountain you know as we were packing that elk out and listened to other elk as it as it got later in the afternoon they started mm-hmm. getting fired up and that was when you told that story that reminded me that was one of my <laughs> best elk you know yeah. memories i've had as far as the whole experience oh of course so yeah one thing that made me think because we're talking about these different states elk and whatnot one thing that i was when we were planning all this you know coming back out on the podcast and everything one thing that i was excited about because onyx is a bigger part of this show now is just the amount of resources that we'll be able to bring because jordan will know all of us know when uh especially around this time we would always get tons of people would de- uh, direct message us or they would send emails or they would message the primos page and there was always folks that were like coming from not necessarily mississippi but somewhere in the southeast to the east that were planning to try to go elk hunting or antelope hunting or mule deer hunting and they would come to us asking questions you know what do i do what do i bring where do i go and i feel like we could offer some value and some insight to an extent but um onyx has so you know i mean they have like the eastmans they have uh folks like hunting fool that they work with that have all these resources that i'm like man now when we have folks asking about us to cover those subjects i feel like we just have a lot deeper of library i guess or people to go to to try to cover that kind of stuff to get folks the info that they need and if you hadn't done that western stuff it's a lot more complicated than what we're used to say Mm -hmm. here in mississippi i mean i go by or any of us here Thirty-five dollars a year, I think, is what a sportsman's license is, and that covers everything. Yeah. But out there, you got to put in, you got to buy a license, you got to get put in, you know, draw a tag, and every state, every unit's different. So it really is beneficial to have mm-hmm. a resource to go to to yeah. to know you know I've, wade through that. I've been the last couple of weeks been kind of dissecting where I might go when I get back from the beach, and <laughs> uh, it's so dang confusing trying to figure out where you can actually just go get a tag and over the counter and that kind of area and that kind of thing. Like it's they're broke up into units in a lot of states, and you got to figure out where that unit is and yep. figure out what tag you got to get for it. Well, it's like um, what I drew Arizona two years ago. You and I went on yeah. twenty three points. Yeah. So. And then I went with Wilbur to Unit 1 in Arizona, and it was like on 26 or something. Well, I'm a little older than you two. A little bit. It's so – this technology stuff is don't come to me like it does the younger generation. And when y'all first – I guess two years ago at Kudzu, y'all had made all these maps on Onyx, and, <laughs> and you're showing them to me, stands here, stands there, and all of a sudden, boom, I had the app, and it, it showed up on my phone. Mm-hmm. And you could say, okay, I got this stand on this ridge here, and all you got to do is follow it. I mean, you can literally, you don't have to, I mean, we used to do bright eyes and orange tape, yeah. and you know, them days are over. You can go into black dark now and just yeah. follow your phone. All yeah. you got a pen and some cell service. <laughs> if my, you ain't got services, download it. My favorite thing to do now, it's like, because like, I've been a 
power user of Onyx. When I say power user, I just mean like use it a lot. Yeah. Like I, I promise you, I open it at least once a day. But well before I started working for him, I just, I just found. Oh, it very you and useful. Jordan been swapping? I mean, sending maps and however y'all do that stuff, downloading and. <laughs> and Y'all been doing that for a while. I say, I just hand like my phone and say, here, put that on mine if you would. But the key, like what you can do is so there's a tracker in there that'll mark your steps. And so even to go even like a step further, like, it, like okay, Big Buck Ridge at Kudzu, like one of our best spots as far as, and if you like, but if you had a certain access way, like, hey, you know, this may look like the obvious way to get to it, but it's not. You'll bump deer if you go that way. You could share a track with somebody. And someone can follow exactly the way they're supposed to go on their phone. It's nice. What what are you giggling when, at? When Wilbur first discovered the tracking feature on Onyx about yeah. three or four years ago, yeah, Wilbur constant when he got out of the truck turkey hunting that first year, he discovered that yeah track on. He would have eighteen different tracks going the same exact way because he wanted to make sure he was going the same exact way every time. Yes. <laughs> it was it was hilarious watching him like he was like a kid with that new like getting that education on the oh, yeah. new technology. He's yeah. like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> he the I, when I went to him turkey hunting on that place that year, I was asking about something about where he thought the turkey was gonna be and he pulls up his phone, he shows it to me. Did you just see track lines? Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Gosh!" Yeah, oh well, it. I can remember several times the last several years where we we'd shoot an elk, and you know it'd be up on the side of the mountain where we could come in with a ranger and get fairly close, but you don't know exactly where on the mountain you are because you know you're going off one side and coming around through the right. plains, and yeah. then uh, and then we could park down at the foot of the hill, and we got it on the mm-hmm. on the phone, and we just ain't no hollering or none of that hey i'm up here you know you just go right to where y'all are sitting there finishing quartering an elk or whatever the last uh year we were at cottonmouth and we had that high river there was a spot in the arkansas portion that we were trying to hunt but you had a boat in there on that i mean like a it was one of uh i mean just one of them little john boats with a tiller handle motor i just marked my track in there because they were wanting to hang flagging on the tree limb and everything it's like no we don't need that man we just turn the tracker on get in get out yeah yeah it it's, um, it's it really makes technology is is really come a long way and with these you know with the cell cameras now and i know you and you and jordan last year we had all those bush nail cameras out and y'all were just like well this one's here you know this deer was here <laughs> last night and well we hunted this one yesterday afternoon but he didn't show up but he was there this morning that's how we killed that hermanville buck yeah the biggest one we killed last yep. year you ended, killed ended up backing away putting a, a stakeout blind out he was doing actually totally opposite of what I figured he was doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the way the terrain was, but he, he sure had us. And we'd get pictures of him. We'd go in there, nothing, because we were hunting him wrong. Because mm-hmm. he was on the north side of the ridge instead of the south side. Yeah, we had him backwards. That's okay. That that, that camera helped, gave us a tip. and Figured it out. And we figured it out. Eventually. Yeah. You did see him one time, and we got a glimpse of him but that, was that was it staring through poplar leaves i just saw a glimpse <laughs> of antlers i remember that uh-huh. uh speaking it rounding it back to mississippi deer season the biggest and we'll probably go into this a little bit deeper in upcoming episodes because it's such a different thing there is a mississippi velvet buck season this year mm-hmm. that's wild yeah to me there's gonna be i mean i'm gonna go ahead and say it like there's gonna be some big deer killed that hunt just because they're patternable way more so than they are in october i'm 
very curious as to how that's going to go. Not in a negative way at all. I'm just super curious because we've never. I think it's going to be a major success. As far as I'm concerned, I, I mean, we haven't done anything like that in our lifetime, have we? No. Do you remember a velvet season, no, Brad? No, never. The only time you could ever kill a velvet buck in Mississippi, if you happen to shoot him October 1st yeah, or 2nd or 3rd. And I he mean, still had it. Yeah. And he still had it. But by then, most of them are they're done. Um, I know my daughter Morgan, she's like, if you find a decent buck, you know, because we'll be elk hunting. He said, so I've been kind of doing a little bit of looking, trying to find her one to think about if she wants to go i'll have her a spot I mean, fixed why up. not yeah. yeah so i mean i thought when i first heard about it i was like it's probably going to be extremely limited just just because it hadn't been done here you know mm-hmm. but it's really not like the amount of opportunity they're given is pretty pretty incredible i mean it's, it's september 16th through the 18th so we won't have the opportunity because we'll be elk hunting and jordan jordan will have his toes in the sand but well anytime you can have more time to be outside hunt fish and yeah any in any state it's a positive so i'm really thankful for, sure. for the state to, to put that together i just can't I mean, because for so long ever since i've been alive mississippi deer season's october 1 yep. open the day of bow season did i ever tell y'all about i don't know if i've told y'all this story or not we're talking about the chance of killing a deer in velvet in mississippi you have to kill one october 1st ever tell you about my buddy that killed one in velvet uh-uh. well i shouldn't say my buddy he is someone that I knew, uh, and I will not share the name on here because this person, I haven't seen them in probably a decade, but this is right like before people had really figured out that if you do something dumb, you probably don't need to put it on Facebook. This is a true story. If I'm lying, I'm dying. This person went to the same school as me, and we always quantified him as like not the sharpest tool in the shed. Uh he puts a picture on facebook mind you you told me this story puts a picture on facebook in the month of september with a velvet buck on his tailgate with a very obvious broadhead hole in the deer i'm not i'm not lying and the caption of the picture said had to open season a little bit early for this big boy oh god i kid you not i kid you not that probably didn't end too well for him. No, that picture was gone really <laughs> quick, and then we heard stories about what happened. But if he would have just waited for the year 2022, he could have done it without getting in trouble, and then he could have posted it on Facebook if he wanted to. Well, it just gives so you know it just gives people an extra weekend to hunt, you know, because yeah. you know most people Friday, Saturday, and you know just have the weekends, and it's just one more experience out there, one more weekend at camp that make memories. And kind of when they got it timed, you know from running cameras and that kind of thing over the years like that that week right there is like man if they just if we could hunt a week earlier yeah mm-hmm. like those it's like a light switch happens between those dates they have picked for this hunt and october 1st like deer change a lot when that velvet comes off and, the day of going to a different mode different and, animal and man I, I think it's gonna be awesome like i really do i'm excited for the people who are gonna get to do it my i guess thinking about this especially when i knew the podcast was coming back kind of the idea that i've been kicking around is like if i could find some guys that the more my, i'll tell you where my mind immediately meant was went was like the delta the guys that you know you know are seeing these big deer in these soybean fields oh yeah and like if i could find a few guys that i could just say hey like 
I'm not telling you to tell me where you are, you know, but if you kill something, like, just keep me posted, you know, because I'm super curious about how it's going to go. That's kind of what I'm going to strive for Yeah, is to have some guys to kind of keep in contact with just to see how it goes so we can report on it because it's such a cool thing. Well, I know some really good bow hunters that are that are already preparing, looking, I'm sure. getting cameras out, you know, because we're at the end of August. So now's about the time you can kind of get an idea what a buck's going to finish out at because they're getting yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Uh-huh cool deal well boys that's about all i had to cover on the on the topic board today which i know we, i feel like we covered a lot but i think we covered it well enough yeah. you know um, well we're excited you know good things are happening i mean they're 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 like we said they're a little different in some ways but they're still similar as they've always been yeah <laughs> it's going a little, little different pace and a little different direction but at the end of the day it's all the same yeah it's like something like life's gonna change but then at the end of the day it's like some things never change yeah so um you're you're not gonna make your bed in the morning you're gonna leave your dirty socks at the foot of the bed oh no he done got married now it's gonna be oh when he gets to camp his old ways are coming back camp's gonna be the same way he's gonna like a bomb went off in his room go look in that master bed right now and see if that bed's made (laughs) (laughs) if it is Lacey made it i didn't do it uh so where to go from here we are so from here on out we're gonna go back to weekly episodes the only thing that is going to change is they will not come out on Monday anymore. Now they will now come out on Tuesday. That going forward. Um, other than that, you can expect pretty much the same similar format of the Speak the Language podcast show presented by Onyx Hunt. But we're probably going to bring in, which again, like I alluded to earlier, I think is a positive. Like Onyx has so many different resources and people that have knowledge about. I mean, we can, like I said, we can definitely help out when it comes to someone leaving this area the east and going to hunt the west but they have guys over there that live over there that do that that spend their time doing that you know and they just have more insight and so i'm I'm very excited about that aspect of it and i'm very excited to be coming back out with podcast episodes so jordan brad thank you all for being here this morning yes sir and we it's like the end of august i guess the next time we we sit around a uh campfire table we'll be in new mexico chasing them wapiti that'd be it <laughs> oh sorry jordan <laughs> rub it in we'll facetime you. rub that's it in rub that's it, it in. all right guys that's going to do it for this week i hope y'all enjoyed the conversation as always if you have any questions or topics you want covered feel free to dm us uh, on instagram facebook whatever and as always thank you so very much for listening to the speak the language podcast <laughs>